0: What's going on family? Happy Monday and welcome to another edition of the Faction Quick Hit. I'm your man GB Gerard Bonner and I hope you are doing well. I hope you had a fantastic Mother's Day weekend for all of our mothers that are out there. Happy belated Mother's Day. I definitely hope it was a fantastic weekend for you. And listen, if you had a chance to celebrate your mom, amazing. And if your mom is no longer with us, certainly our thoughts and prayers are with you as well. I understand both sides of the coin. Shouts to everybody who follows us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Faction Show your support means the world if we're posting and we're giving information and you aren't responding then does it really matter right so thank you so much for your support also big shouts to all of you listening to us right now wherever in the world you are we really appreciate your continued support Of the faction. All right, there's a lot to get to, and I want to start with SmackDown, which took place this past Friday. It was a throwback edition of SmackDown, and it proved to be successful for Fox and for WWE as SmackDown drew in an average of 2.157 million viewers, and that's up from last week's 1.923 million viewers. So we're talking about an uptick of literally 230. 35,000 viewers that's a big deal so congratulations to Smackdown for delivering in a big big way and we saw some very interesting things we saw the return of Jimmy Uso how that played out in his role with the Samoan dynasty very interesting dynamics there for sure. We found out that Cesaro will get his first Universal title shot against Roman Reigns at the WrestleMania Backlash pay per view next Sunday. He did so in convincing fashion in a great match, defeating Seth Rollins once again. So, congratulations to Cesaro. And really, this is an amazing story. And, you know, for those of us who might think Cesaro won't win, but this will be a nice consolation prize I hearken you back to about three to four years ago when we all said there's no way in the world that Jinder Mahal becomes the WWE champion by defeating Randy Orton now was Randy Orton as dominant as Roman Reigns no but was Jinder Mahal perhaps as unlikely in some people's eyes as Cesaro Absolutely. None of us saw a potential upside to it, even with the WWE looking to make inroads in India. But we all saw how that went. So don't count Cesaro out. Stranger things have happened in WWE folklore. So this will be interesting to watch. I'll certainly be tuned into the match. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. But either way, Big congratulations to Cesaro 2021 is shaping up to be the biggest year of his career his first solo WrestleMania match then turning into his first solo WrestleMania win and now his first world championship opportunity of any kind. This is major we've all talked about the potential of Cesaro that he is main event material he's world championship material. And boy, what a story it would be if Cesaro defeats one of the most dominant champions in modern history, that being Roman Reigns. Of course, we'll have to check out the pay-per-view this coming Sunday. It's got my vote to check it out. That's for sure. Other news to talk about, where is Daniel Bryan going to land? I don't know the answer to that. I will say there's all sorts of rumors flying around. Obviously, when you listen to WWE television, he's barred from SmackDown. If you go to the WWE.com site, he is now listed under alumni. And really, the folks who end up under the alumni status are the folks who are no longer with the company. So that's telling. Will he show up in AEW? Will he show up in Ring of Honor, New Japan? Or is he just going to sit at home for a while and spend some time with his family? We'll have to watch and see. But the Daniel Bryan story is not over. And I think it's very, very interesting to see what's going to happen from that. Now, with that said, of course, we had the Wednesday Night Wars between AEW and NXT. That went on for about a year and a half. Ending, of course, just a couple of weeks ago, WrestleMania week to be precise, when NXT had their last showing as NXT TakeOver and then moved to Tuesday nights. Well, with NXT moving to Tuesday nights, the good shuffle has happened where Dark Side of the Ring moved their programming from Tuesday nights to Thursday nights, but so did Impact Wrestling. They moved from Tuesday to Thursday and now we have a new war. The Thursday Night War between Impact Wrestling and Dark Side of the Ring. Now, of course, this will be limited as, of course, Dark Side of the Ring is a seasonal situation. But it is interesting to do these types of comparisons to see how people respond to documentaries like Dark Side of the Ring versus Impact Wrestling with them literally going head to head. Well, we're going to give you updates on all of this because that's what we do. First and foremost, congratulations to Dark Side of the Ring. Their season premiere last week, which was a two-part episode looking at the life and career of Brian Pillman, picked up 272,000 viewers. It was the third best in Dark Side of the Ring history, trailing only behind last season's premiere of Chris Benoit and the finale with Owen Hart. And it gave Vice the 74th highest rated show on cable for the evening. On the flip side, on Access TV, Impact Wrestling aired, and that show brought in an audience of 123,000 viewers, which was up from last week, ranking 125th amongst cable originals. So let's put this in context Dark Side of the Ring defeats Impact Wrestling by literally double and change the viewership, 272,000 to 123,000. It really wasn't even a comparison, which when I say this, takes me back to why the AEW Impact Wrestling title for title situation was nowhere near as big as Impact would have you to believe. If Impact bringing basically live in-ring competition does not compare to a documentary, it says a lot because if they don't compare to a documentary, they clearly don't compare to AEW, and if you're looking at the fact that last week they brought in 123,000 viewers and AEW topped a million viewers last week, again, this is not apples to apples. I dare say this isn't even fruit when we're looking at AEW and Impact Wrestling. Was it big for Impact Absolutely. Was it big for AEW? Hardly. And so this will be interesting to see what impact wrestling does, quite frankly, because, again, if your ratings are 10 times less than the organization who currently houses your championship and then you can't even pull half the numbers of Dark Side of the Ring, I don't know what happens with impact, right? Can we consider impact a success or even a major player at this point? I mean, their ratings don't compare to any of the WWE's to any of impact. uh, And we probably have to look at ring of honor to see if there's any sort of comparison there. And it's really hard to get ratings for ring of honor considering they are a syndicated show that doesn't air at the same time nationally. So this is interesting to see. And I thought you guys would be interested in these numbers because at the end of the day, it is numbers that tell the story, right? Of course, maybe I'm a little biased because I'm a math major. But bottom line, these ratings tell us who is and who isn't watching. Mind you, that does not Include the numbers for YouTube for Vice, as of course they released the first part of the Brian Pillman documentary on YouTube first. So, part one of Dark Side of the Rings Brian Pillman episode, which was released a week ago, has garnered 842,000 views. And part two, which was just released two days ago, has pulled in so far 177,000 views. Either way, both of those numbers significantly trump what was done on Impact Wrestling. And Impact Wrestling does not put their full episodes on YouTube, so you can't really compare the social piece of that. All of that to say, interesting times with what we're calling the Thursday Night War, which right now doesn't seem like much of a war at all. All. Now then, speaking of ratings, let's take a look at recent ratings for WWE's A&E Biography series. Of course, the latest installment aired last night with Booker T and we'll wait for those numbers to come in, but we do have a look at the numbers for Annie's biography for the last 3 weeks where they featured Stone Cold Steve Austin, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and the Macho Man Randy Savage respectively. And here's how that's gone down. Week 1 Stone Stone Cold Steve Austin's biography drew 1.062 million viewers. It was the number 6th program on cable TV that Sunday night, which is pretty impressive. The second episode of biography, focusing on Rowdy Roddy Piper, pulled in 880,000 viewers and it was ranked number 11 on cable that particular night, so congratulations to them. Last week's episode, which featured the Macho Man Randy Savage, was also top 10 of cable that Sunday, pulling in 790,000 viewers. So I've gotta say this, and here's something to consider. You can look at these numbers as decreasing and wonder what's going on with the biography series, or you can remember what tends to happen pretty much on every show, right? Regardless of the genre, the season premiere seems to always be kind of a big one and then it can lose steam during a particular season now i'm not necessarily saying biography is losing steam we'll certainly find that out when we take a look at last night's ratings but it is i think important to check out what's happening with the a e biography situation bottom line people are definitely watching and uh, it's a great great show last night's episode was fantastic on booker t so if you haven't checked it out Go ahead and check it out. I think that's wildly important. That makes me think I want to go very quickly back to Impact versus Dark Side of the Ring. I do think we have to consider two things, that the Vice TV network and the Access TV network aren't necessarily as widely available right so right now speaking of my own cable situation vice tv i can access but the cable provider doesn't carry access tv so it's important to consider that when we're looking at the ratings as well with that said it is still significant looking at those numbers before we go Quick update on New Japan Pro Wrestling. Last week, we shared some information with you about wrestlers who were impacted by COVID-19 being pulled off of their Dontaku situation, which happened last week, night two, where the card had to be changed because of all that happened. There were six wrestlers ultimately pulled off of the card. We could make assertions in terms of who the two might be that Contracted COVID-19 Well there's more information happening At New Japan Pro Wrestling Relative to the COVID-19 virus So last friday the japanese government announced an extension to the state of emergency that's currently in place in tokyo and in other places in light of this announcement along with what's going on with new japan relative to covid 19 and in order to prevent any potential further spread of the virus new japan has decided to postpone two massive events. Wrestle Grand Slam in Yokohama Stadium is scheduled to take place this week on May the 15th, and it's also going to have its part two 2 weeks later on May the 29th in the Tokyo Dome. Both of those events have been postponed. New dates for both events are currently being finalized and we will find out that information and share it with you when we get that information. This is intriguing to see the state of what's going on with COVID-19 in Tokyo and in Japan as a nation considering how they really led the charge in terms of how to handle that in the world of pro wrestling giving really space and opportunity Opportunity for AEW and ultimately WWE to welcome fans back oddly enough this comes on the heels of the news for AEW that Double or Nothing will run at full capacity. All 5,500 seats at Daily's Place will be available and likely will be filled. This will be the first time that a major American company has actually run at full capacity since the start of the pandemic. So this will be very, very interesting to see. I'm interested to see how well it will sell, though it is in Florida. So I have no doubt it'll sell out because Florida is a lot more lax. But really, truth be told, a lot of areas are starting to lift certain restrictions. Today marks the beginning of the reopening of New York City. Broadway will reopen on May the 19th. Concerts and large venues have the opportunity to do a lot more than they've done, which makes me wonder if perhaps WWE or AEW or even Ring of Honor will soon make their return to New York City. So it's very interesting to see how COVID is impacting all across the country and around around the world certainly our thoughts and prayers are with our brothers and sisters in japan we definitely hope that those who have been infected get well soon and that new japan is able to continue to run at normal capacity once everything gets cleared with that said time to get out of here man shw 27 over the weekend many are already calling it the show of the year It's the first show I lost my voice at. So that should tell you a lot about what happened that night. I can't wait for this show to become available on IWTV. When it is, we will let you know. But trust me when I tell you, SHW27 was bananas. I can't wait to see what happens with SHW28. That's happening on Friday, June the 4th. So make plans to be with us in Atlanta. Something real special is happening at Southern Honor Wrestling. And my Lord, what a show this past Friday. With that said, we're going to get out of here. Hit us up on the socials, at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast as well. Stay tuned as we have a lot more news coming your way on the socials. Until next time, family, it's me and GB Gerard Bonner representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard. Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray, collectively were known as The Faction. Have an amazing day.